Fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Forget him, kid. To infinity and beyond! It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. Well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? Or do you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Oh, father. Let's start singing. Here I am at Camp Granada. There Thank we you. go. Camp is very entertaining. <laughs> they say we'll have some fun when it stops, it stops raining. raining. There we go. It's like you, it's like you guys uh, have been to camp. Hate the waiters. I'll be, I'm there, done. There you go. And the lake has <laughs> you weren't alligators. Done. Yeah, you're not done. I'm not done. No. <sighs> Get them started. All right. It is the 30-something movie podcast, and we're going to camp this time. Uh, this Can I night. just say I like that they used that song in the credits. Oh, during the credits, yeah. But they used the actual composition at points throughout the movie. Yes. I thought that was, that was very well handled. That okay, go back to your intro. Yeah, no, that was fun. That was fun. 30-something movie podcast. We are, we're going to camp this time. This is one of our, this wasn't originally on our list of movies, but this was one of our Patreon co-executive producers, Jason Colvin of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, which if you're not listening to them, you need to go check them out because they are doing an awesome job over there. Week in and week out. Awesome, awesome shows. I um, just did a, did you hear their pairing of Vacation versus Great Outdoors? It, you know, it's it's on my list. Oh I got a little God. bit of a backlog, and so I haven't listened to that one yet. But I got to check that one out. I'm just going to say that Jason Colvin has a very wrong take on the great outdoors. <laughs> oh, okay. no. The very wrong take. Okay. You know what they should have done? Funny Farm always... is not better than great outdoors. There. I'm saying it. Take no, that, No, I'd Jason. agree. They need to, you know what they needed to throw in there? Because I always, depending on where you come in when you're on TV when you catch the great outdoors, there's a 50, 50 shot. It's summer rental. Mm. Oh, yeah. like if you, if you see it at the right time, I go, I, I need another five minutes to know what movie this is. <laughs> Cause it could be either one. And I haven't seen and it's What's funny is it's never summer rental. Like great outdoors is on all the time. I think I've seen summer rental like twice. Yeah. But I've seen it just enough where I go, which one? Oh, okay. All right, John, take us to camp. I was, I, I was stuck thinking about the old 96er. <laughs> Quick aside about great outdoors. Me, Donna, her sister, and her family had a cabin up in the Wisconsin Dells one weekend about five years ago, and we couldn't figure out what movie to watch, couldn't figure out what movie to watch. We had a bed sheet up against the wall, and I brought a projector because, well, that's what you do. <laughs> And so we watched The Great Outdoors in a cabin, sort of in the woods, and it was outstanding. Nice. And it's the well way that movie was meant to be seen. Nice. Excellent. You are, Bo, this, this just reconfirms the fact that you are just a, a sweet, cuddly teddy bear. 
Okay. Because I would have chosen Evil Dead. He's a big bear. Well, the kids, the, the girls were a little young for Evil Dead. Now, if we did big it now, I would do Evil me. Dead. Oh, okay. Big Bear chased me home. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. Lily, the older one, would love Evil Dead. Daphne, okay. eh, she's a little sensitive. I'm not sure she'd appreciate it, but oh, okay. my God. Lily would probably think it's the best thing ever. I might have to show her that. Hey, throw, throw them in the deep end. They'll be okay. <laughs> they can't, we can't all be as enlightened as Nora, John. I'm sorry. Oh, no, but I, you have a very special one there. <laughs> yeah, she's not ready for Evil Dead yet. Or I don't know, man. Yeah. Army of Darkness, maybe. Like okay, oh, you we're, know what? That's fair. We're, that's we're, fair. We're pretty much in line for Army of Darkness because that's around the time I saw it too. Well, well yeah, actually, that's, that's not a good example. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we've discussed yeah. that the years in which we as children saw movies is mm-hmm. not the bellwether or measuring stick for anything regarding yeah. a rational thought. Yeah. yeah. Nothing we say here on the 30-something movie podcast should ever be taken as recommendations, legal advice, this is purely for entertainment and, and sometimes even barely that. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, you're pushing the envelope today, aren't yeah. you, guy? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting for the entertaining part to start. Well, we'll, we'll get there. You started, okay. you started off singing. I thought that was going to be part of the entertainment. Well, let me finish my beer and then yeah, we'll see what happens. So we are talking Indian Summer. And as I said, this was the recommendation of Jason Colvin. He is one of our Patreon co-executive producers and co-host of the Shirley Can't Be Serious podcast. So, Jason, thank you so much for recommending this one for us. Actually, Jason, we were going to see if he could join us for this one. He was not able to, so he did send us in a voicemail. We are going to play that here in just a little bit before we get started talking about the movie. But let's go ahead and do our, our regular spiel here real quickly. Spoiler alert, we talk freely, so if we start to talk about a movie and you're like, oh, I haven't seen it, don't want to know anything about it, skip ahead maybe 10, 20 seconds and you should be pretty good. Make sure you visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can leave a rating, a voicemail. You can become one of those co-executive producers on Patreon, and you can, one of the benefits of being at one of the Patreon levels is you can tell us what to watch. So if you think that... Bo should see a certain movie or you think that Pat needs to see a movie that maybe he'll hate and then by virtue of seeing it, we'll get more people that join us on Patreon because somehow that's how that works. Feel free. Let us know. It is my have, understanding there would be no math on the podcast. I, I try not to, but one plus one plus two plus one. Put, uh, one plus one plus one plus one plus one plus two plus one plus one. Yeah. Yeah. Two plus one plus one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. But very, very quickly, we are marching on ahead towards our 500th episode, and we would love for you to be a part of it. So, yes, Jeff, literally marching. Anybody who can see the video, which is no one, Jeff is literally and marching. And you thank us for that. Mm-hmm. You are welcome. That is that is also one of the – maybe we should make that one of the tiers of the Patreon thing. What's that? We'll turn off the video if you join us on Patreon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no one will have to see it ever. Hold the entire internet ransom. But our 500th episode is coming, so if you have some memories of our show, if you have favorite moments, a favorite movie we've covered, if we made you laugh out loud while you were mowing your lawn, 
please let us know. We would love to hear from you and know what you've enjoyed about the show over the last several years. We are going to be doing a special episode coming up here pretty soon. That episode will not come out until later this year, but we're going to be recording it probably about within the next month, month and a half or so. So if you've got any of that stuff, you can email it to us, 30podcast at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at our website, 30podcast.com. There's a little microphone button. You can leave a voicemail there. Or on social media, Mastodon, Facebook, Instagram. I Should I call it X now? Are we calling it X? I, I don't know, yeah. but you got to get on Blue Sky, here? too. Yeah. Well, I, my, I'm why, still, why, why did my Twitter turn to X? Yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting to get my Blue Sky invitation. But uh, yeah, because Elon changed it. I would say because Elon. Yeah, because Elon. Yeah, that's... And also, what what is this Threads? I'm somehow signed up on something called Threads. Where the hell did that come from? Instagram slash Meta. It's a clothing exchange. I don't know. It looks a lot like Twitter or X. It does. Or, yeah. Or Twitter's it, X. It probably is. Yeah. No. All it I have sounds, to say is, for what it's worth, it sounds the like the brands are talking about Threads a lot. Now, whether that will hold, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Talk about this conversation that will date this episode. We're oh, talking yeah. about threads. Yeah. People yeah. are going to be like, I've never heard of that. A few years from now, everything is just beamed directly into our brains and nobody knows what we're talking about. Like, what is X? Like, people, use, we don't even use language anymore. We don't. No. We just use letters. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if you're going to do that on any of the, any of those social media, any of the ones that are still left standing, you can do a hashtag 30 pod 500. And we can we'll collect some of your memories and other stuff that way too. So that is the that is my little PSA for the 500th episode coming up. So as I said this time, we are talking Indian summers. I'm going to dive right on into this. You know, oh, actually, before I do, very very quickly, I want to give just a very quick. This will be a little dated by the time this episode comes out, but let's give a little quick RIP to Mr. Paul Rubens. Cause just heard about that today. RSVP so, Paul Rubens. Here's so, to him. Raise. Raise a glass. Au revoir, Pee Wee. And Tony Bennett, if you guys are, haven't already done that on a previous and, episode. And, and Tony and, Bennett as well. And for this one, I think within the last month or so, Alan Arkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's been a rough couple of weeks. I'm about to get drunk toasting all I, these people. Well. I'm not you, saying I want to stop. I'm just saying I'm about to get drunk. You, you said you were <laughs> waiting for the entertainment. How do you think it's going to get here? <laughs> you have to bring... The fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, this movie came out on April 23rd, 1993, rated PG-13 with a runtime of one hour, 37 minutes. I was directed by Mike. Is it Mike Binder or Binder? How do you say his name? Is it Binder? I, I have was, no idea. I always thought it was Binder. I'm going to go with we'll Binder. Go with he did The Upside of Anger and Rain Over Me. Writer was also Mike Binder, did Black or White and Man About Town. Producers were Jim Koof, Lynn Bigelow, Robert Newmeyer, and Jeffrey Silver. Koof did National Treasure and Rush Hour. Bigelow did Gross Point and Blank and Body Shots. Newmeyer did The Santa Claus and Training Day. Silver did Tron Legacy and Rise of an Empire. 300, Rise of an Empire. Right, see, I forgot the 300 because it's my understanding there'd be no math on the podcast. Number. Numbers. Yeah. Cinematographer was Newton Thomas Sigel, who did Drive and the Usual Suspects. Editor was Adam Weiss, who did Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer. Try saying that three times real fast. And A Dog's Journey. Try saying that once. I I tried and almost (laughs) failed. Production company was Touchstone Pictures. The budget was $14 million. The box office was $14.9 million. And the cinema score was a B. Flickmetrics gives it a 59%. 
Alan Arkin mm. played Uncle Lou Handler. He was in Little Miss Sunshine and Argo. Matt Craven was Jamie Ross. He was in Crimson Tide and A Few Good Men. Diane Lane was Beth Warden. She was in Under the Tuscan Sun and Unfaithful. Bill Paxton, who died in 2017, was Jack. He was in Twister and Titanic and Aliens and a ton of other stuff. Elizabeth Perkins was Jennifer. She was in Big and Miracle on 34th Street. Kevin Pollack was Brad. He was in A Few Good Men and The Usual Suspects. Sam Raimi was Stick Coder. He was in Spider-Man. Oh, he directed Spider-Man and also directed Evil Dead 2. We were just talking about the Evil Dead movies. Vincent Spano played Matthew. He was in Alive and Rumblefish. Julie Warner played Kelly. She was in Doc Hollywood and Tommy Boy. Kimberly Williams Paisley was Gwen, Father of the Bride, mm-hmm. and We Are Marshall. And Richard Chavalou played Sam. He was in Hemlock Grove, the TV series, and The Line, the TV series. I got a couple of little quick trivia things here. So Tamp, Tamp, Camp, I, I'm going to mess up the camp name every single time. I'm just telling you right now. Camp Tamaqua. I think I did it. Did I do it? You got it. Sounded right. Got it. That'll be the last time I get it. It is actually a real camp located in Ontario's Algonquin Park. And I have a little bit of some interesting trivia that I found just on that whole idea. So the real Camp Tamaqua, because, Bo, we were talking before we were started recording, and you were, like, watching the end of the movie, and you're like, is this, like, a real place that you're just doing a massive commercial for? Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. yes. Why, why, yes. Why? <laughs> Yes, I'm glad you noticed. But the other thing I looked up was the actual Camp Tamaqua was a Jewish summer camp that was in Ontario. And I don't know, do you guys know? I I looked up a little bit of this, so I I didn't spend a ton of time, but the history of Jewish summer camps in the U.S. and Canada? Except that I haven't gotten there on my my summer reading. Okay, all right. The only thing I know about it is it's also, I think we talked a little before the podcast, but it's the – Resort or or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. from Dirty Dancing up in the Catskills was a similar thing. It was heavily Jewish influenced and attended for similar reasons. I, I think I'm for assuming. similar reasons, yeah. So a lot of yeah. these popped up, especially these summer camps for kids, popped up right after World War II when there was a time where, you know, a lot of Jewish people had emigrated to the United States and it was after World War II, and so I think there was just a time of, of really great concern that the Jewish culture and identity would, be, would, would go away, would kind of disappear when everyone's getting assimilated into American culture. And so the, that kind of fear of the loss of Jewish identity led to the popping up of a bunch of summer camps that were particularly, particularly run by and attended by Jewish people, Jewish children, and it was kind of a way to, because you didn't live in some of the same close-knit communities that you had maybe in Europe or in other parts of the world, this was the attempt at getting Jewish people together, Jewish kids together, so they could kind of see, here's our identity, here's our religion, here's our beliefs, here's our values. And so that was, those, like a lot of them popped up right after World War II. And that was this Camp Tamaqua was one of those camps that popped up for that reason. And even now, you know, back when this movie came out, it probably was very much more so a particularly Jewish camp. You know, they didn't keep anyone who wasn't Jewish from coming to it. But, you know, even now, if you go to their website, they do have, it's, it's not 
obvious unless you kind of go looking through their website and digging a little bit, but it does have a little bit about the history of the fact that they are a Jewish camp, but they are welcoming to anyone who wants to come. And it's, I think, over the decades, they don't have some of the, I think, the camp activities, the games, maybe the names of some of the cabins, things like that, would have been reminders of Jewish historical figures and Jewish customs and things like that. But I think that has kind of given way over the years to what we think of when we think of summer camp. And it's much more, what's the, what's the word I want to use? Ecumenical? Secular. Sure. Secular. Yeah. But I think it's, there's still a, a little hint of that, at least in the history, if not overtly in the camp itself. So, so apparently that is part of the history of these camps and kind of where they came from. So there were a bunch of people who worked on this movie who actually had attended the real Camp Tamaqua as children. Mike Binder, the director of this movie, had attended, I believe, several times growing up. The director, Sam Raimi, who is the character Stick in this movie, attended this camp as a child. He and Mike Binder actually were childhood friends, and I believe might have attended the camp together, but I'm not 100% sure. So that was kind of cool. There's a lot of people in this movie. When you asked, well, is this, just, is this a giant ad for this camp? I think in a way, yes. Like, I think a lot of the people that were in this movie were passionate about their time at camp and appreciative of it. And so I think that's why, I think that's a, a big portion of the reason why this movie got made, you know, as, as a way of hearkening back to a time that they all knew and loved and kind of wanted to share some of the love of that camp. It is funny, he's talking about Sam Raimi, it is funny that Sam Raimi is in this movie and there are several scenes in which there are illustrations or mentions of Spider-Man. And this comes about 10 years before he would have started directing uh, Spider-Man, which I believe came out in 2002, and then Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. So, I don't know, maybe he got inspired in this movie to direct Spider-Man someday. Inspired? Inspired. He got inspired, yes. Jeff is on fire tonight. There's that entertainment. (laughs) All waiting for. Have another drink. Okay. (laughs) It's... Just priming the pump here. Throughout the movie, Uncle Lou wears a beige coat with red, green, and yellow horizontal stripes on it. When Jack and Beth decide to take over the camp at the end, they are standing there greeting all the kids coming in, and Jack is wearing a beige vest with red, green, and yellow vertical stripes on it. Most likely, it seems like maybe that was Uncle Lou's coat that Jack has maybe modified for his own purposes now that he has taken over the camp. So that was kind of a fun little little callback. Yeah. Weirdly, though, it looks exactly like an old, like a really old blanket that we've got in our house. Looks exactly like that. So I'm good, John. You should go be in charge of the camp. I could be in charge of the camp. Nobody wants me in charge of a camp. That is not a good idea. Your face right there on the brochure. Uh, Yeah, yeah, because that's what everybody wants to see. Yeah. Hey, send your kids here. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Yeah, sorry. Have you seen the movie Knock at the Cabin? No. No, no, I haven't. We've seen Evil Dead. We know that much. So quick synopsis of this one, then we'll play the trailer for you. Then I'm going to play Jason Colvin's email, the email, voicemail that he left for us. I was going to say you're going to play an email. I'm going to play I, an I email, am, guys. It's you know, I'm intrigued what fancy technology you have doing this for you. Technology is amazing. I got, I got all the buttons. I know, I know all the buttons. I can play emails. We talked about that before we went on the air. We did. I, I already I already lost it. John pushing buttons? Yeah. Well, he tends to. 
In a world where childhood bonds are rekindled, a group of friends and their childhood camp counselor head back to the scene of their favorite summers to rediscover themselves. As the past unfolds, will their memories bring them closer or pull them apart? Okay, Lo, we got it. I invite 30 people from the golden age of this camp, but what do I get? I get you guys. It's a sad state of affairs. Is it me? I don't remember smelling this much like urine. It always smelled like urine. That's how you could find the place when you came up the hill in the dark. You know, Gwen and I run three miles every morning as a warm-up before we work up. Right, baby? Right. We really ought to spend the rest of this week coming up with an elaborate way to kill those two. You're not actually going to make us take a swim test, are you? First day at camp, you always have to take a swimming test. Go! I'm not even close. <laughs> Too bad, you've gotten kind of sexy. Very, very good. <gasps> He's a moron. No wonder you're so attracted to him. You can't go back. I hope I didn't offend any of you. No. Touchstone Pictures presents the story of eight friends returning to the best summer of their lives. Being up here is just making me so emotional, you know? <laughs> Somebody really needs to just smack me one. Oh, I want to be a kid again. Indian Summer. Before we get going, I want to go ahead and play the voicemail that Jason sent us. So let me go ahead and pull that up right now. I just called to say I love you. Ed Rooney's office. Hey, guys, this is 30-something superfan Jason Colvin weighing in tonight on Indian Summer. So glad you guys chose to do this movie. It is a personal favorite of mine. I absolutely love it. I'm sorry that I couldn't be there tonight to record it with you. I'm on vacation and sadly would have loved to have been there with you guys. But I think this movie is just its just so fun. It's, uh, it's an adult fantasy going back to camp and sort of reliving those childhood memories, taking a break from your adult life to live as you did as a kid. I just think it's a wonderful movie, and it makes me feel good every time I watch it. The cast is amazing, and I caught several of these people before they really took off. So I hope that you – and I know that I love it, and I'm sure everybody else will love it as well. Also, one last plea. On behalf of your listeners, we want to hear you guys do Son-in-Law. That's right. Polly Shore called and told me he wants you to cover it as well. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you all. You Appreciate all you do. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. All right. I will happily. I will happily do an episode on son-in-law. Son-in-law. Heck yeah, man. All right. We're gonna th- we'll throw that one in. I'm, I'm taking a look at the list just to make sure because I don't think we're doing it. Yeah, it's not on the list. All right. We'll find a way to throw that one in there. And we got it. Then we got to get make sure we can get Jason on for that one. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jason. Yeah. It was. This was one that not even honestly. I had never even heard of it. Wasn't even on my radar. I had never heard of this movie before. Yeah, had never come across it. 
at any point. I'm really surprised. So yeah. I'm, I take it I'm the only one that has seen this before. Before this yeah, week, I yeah. had never heard of it. I knew nothing of its existence until what when the list came out and it got added. So yeah. I can't remember when wow. it got added, but well, I'm very curious to hear what you guys think. Yeah. All right, well, let's run through major moments. So if you haven't seen this one in a while or if you haven't seen it at all, we always recommend that you stop the podcast, go watch it real quick, and then come on back. We'll be here. Through the magic of modern technology, you can pause this. Uh, I know there's a lot of other people in our lives that wish they could pause or mute us, but you can actually pause and mute us. So feel free to do that. Go see the movie. Come on back. If you don't care, we're going to run through the major moments right now. That is kind of boiled it down to 10 Major moments in the movie that kind of help encapsulate what the movie is about and walk you through the plot of the movie. And then after that, we will kind of get on into our opinions and our deep thoughts on the movie. Major moment number one. This is the reunion. Lou has invited his former campers for a reunion at Camp Tamaqua to announce his retirement, which they don't find out about till later, bringing together seven friends from the summer of 1972. Matt, Brad, Kelly, Jennifer, Jack, Beth, Jamie returned to the camp, each bringing their adult lives, memories, and kind of some unresolved feelings to the camp as well. Hmm. Uh, just, just a tad. While at the camp, Brad finds it less glamorous than he remembered. Matt feels a little stuck in his businesses, yearning for a different life experience. Matt, despite being married to Kelly, expresses renewed feelings for Jennifer. Jennifer, single and feeling a little lonely, is tempted. But in a funny scene, their potential affair is interrupted by Lou in the fish killing cabin. Now just guts everywhere, you know. That was hysterical. <laughs> that, was, that was a great scene. I'm not interrupting anything, am I? Oh, no. No, oh, no, 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 no. Let's see. Major moment number five. Beth recently widowed and Jack, best friend of Beth's deceased husband, rekindle a romantic relationship during the reunion. Jamie, a happy bachelor, brings his younger girlfriend, Gwen, to the reunion, causing some tension when she expresses a desire for family that he does not share. Jack, previously kicked out of the camp by Lou, returns to make amends for a past act of retaliation, leading to Lou expressing some regret over a past act of prejudice. In that moment where there had been a counselor that was coming to the camp who was African-American, they did the whole interview over the phone. When he got there off the bus, Lou basically... I think gave him enough for bus fare to get back home, gave him some of his pay that he would have had for working at the camp and said, uh, you're, you're just not going to be a good fit here. So, you know, talking back to kind of looking back at a, a regret he had for doing that. And that was part of where the tense relationship between Jack and Lou was because Jack called him out on that as a kid. The reunion group partakes in some camp traditions, including some pranks, dirty dog, the morning wake up bell and a little bit of light boxing as a means of settling disputes. <laughs> Lou does reveal that his retirement is driven a little bit by a disconnection with the newer generation of campers, that they are less interested in the outdoors than they used to be. And then finally, the last moment, as everything kind of comes to a resolution, Beth and Jack decide that they are going to continue running the camp in Lou's stead, receiving his blessing and welcoming in the next class of Tamaqua campers. That was my real quick flyby. We'll talk more about it as we get into our deep thoughts and opinions. Did you guys have anything else before we head that direction? Only that the first couple of minutes, it really sets up kind of the lives yeah. of these people as adults, mm -hmm. which is important to make sure you, you're following that so you can understand the impact of going back to this camp for them. 
Yeah, for for introducing as many characters as it did as quickly as it did, I do feel like I still knew enough about these characters that I didn't get lost in who they were. Mm-hmm. I didn't get I, there were moments that I did get a little confused about. Oh wait, wait a minute, who's who's with who and who who's past was this? And I, so there were a couple moments here or there, but for the most part, it it did not suffer from what I what I like to call the Game of Thronesification of having so many characters that you can't keep track of anybody. It did not suffer from that, and I thought it did a nice job of introducing the characters quickly and giving me enough that I needed to know so that we didn't have to have their whole backstory right away. Let's get into some deeper thoughts. And now, deep thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. Deep. Thank you. We'll start with our typical. Did you? When was the first time you saw this movie, and did you like this movie? So I think we can skip the when did you first see this movie for both myself and Bo because it was probably within the last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Bo, I, did, did you like this one? I did. I wasn't sure I was going to. The premise seemed a little odd, but it was fun. It it was an interesting character study. It was an interesting look at how people react to each other after years apart and how people change and how people's perspectives of the same thing can be very different. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. I normally here I am the, the creepy one. Normally when I think of like camp movies, I'm like, Ooh, Friday the 13th sleepaway camp, you know, there's always somebody that's going to be brutally murdered in some way. But when this one started, I was like, okay, well, this is kind of a, it's uh, at first, and I, I will I will say this, at first I was like, oh, this is going to be like some cutesy little yay, back to summer camp kind of movie. And so I, I started off with the kind of quasi-jaded attitude. And then as it got going, and as these people were just genuinely having fun and happy to see each other again, I was like, you know what, John, you're a terrible human being. Just shut up and enjoy the movie. And I did. Yeah. And having, and yeah. 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 <laughs> here, here. I'm drink to that. Raise a glass to that. This guy reads from a card. <laughs> <sighs> I didn't mean to say all that, but that was on the teleprompter. I'm sorry. Stay classy, San Diego. So yes. So I, as I started off in the movie, I was like, eh, okay, this is this is kind of cutesy. This is kind of whatever. And having never gone to, I, like, I never went to summer camp as a kid. I've never been to a summer camp and never done anything like that. So when I watch a movie like this, I don't watch the movie and go. Yeah, I remember doing that because I never did. But I do watch the movie going, that looks like a lot of fun. And while I never did that, I get the idea and I appreciate it. And just like the fact that they're having fun and they built these relationships and and all this other stuff. I'm like, that's that's really nice. It's actually nice. It's innocent. It is sweet. It's if only we could all feel that feeling was kind of my thought as I started watching it. So. Yeah, no, I, I like this one. I was glad that, you know, like I said before, when Jason recommended it, I was like, Indian Summer, I never even heard of this movie. Then I looked at the cast. I was like, how have I never heard of this movie? You know, it's got all these different people on it. It's Bill Paxton and, you know, who else was it? Well, Sam, the fact that Sam Raimi's in it, and I didn't realize it. Yeah, Arkin, Diane Lane. Diane Lane, yeah. Elizabeth Perkins, Kevin Pollack. Yep. All it's of Kimberly Williams Paisley. <laughs> yes. I hope I didn't offend anyone. Uh, no, no, not no. Nope. 
Uncle nah. Lou knows where it's at, man. Nah, nope. She's not hurting anybody. Yep. Nope. Not offended. No. Nope. Yep. I'm, I'm much more excited about the idea of going canoeing at some point. Mm, it does make it look much more of an attractive activity. It does. It does. Yeah. I don't remember the first time that I saw this movie. Okay. I was going to ask you. I think I, I think I stumbled across it on cable one day. Okay. Years ago. And just, I was intrigued by, I didn't see it from the beginning. I was just flipping through. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but something was going on. I mean, it, it's a great, great character piece. Mm-hmm. So I think like I was just drawn into the characters, whatever moment was happening at the time in the movie. And I was just like, oh, wow. These are some really introspective looks going on. These characters are taking at themselves. Where is this? What is this leading to? So the next time I looked at, oh, it's Indian summer. Interesting. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. And anytime I, that I saw it coming on, I'd, I'd try to catch it and just so I could watch it top to bottom. But I've seen it a, a number of times. I really like this movie. Mostly because it's it's a, a great character piece. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's easy to sit there and you look at a brief synopsis and you think, oh, yeah. It is just a bunch of people going back to back to summer camp and gee, that's going to be so sweet and tender. And, and it's, it's their Indian summer, right? I mean, you have to look at what, what does the term Indian summer refer to? And then how does it apply? How does it apply to the movie? Right. So if Indian summer for people that aren't sure, my understanding of Indian summer is that it's when the weather is unusually warm during cooler times, usually in the autumn. So it's a, a time of joy for lack of a better term, when it'd be easy not to feel as much joy. Mm -hmm. So then apply that concept to these adults that are caught up in their lives caught up in their work, caught up in their relationships or avoiding dealing with certain things, having this opportunity to go back to a time just for a couple of days, even, but go back to a time when their lives were full of joy, you know? So what do they need a break from? What is it that their struggles are? Their struggles are everyday things. You know, it's not, not overcomplicated in that way. You know, they didn't put huge problems on any of these people. They put real problems on these characters. So I think that's another thing that draws interest is that you can sit there and you can either identify with, or you can say, I know someone who is this person without having to stretch your imagination too far. Yeah. And I think they handle a lot of it really well. In particular, the stuff between Kelly and Matt, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they're they married. They've got this relationship that's not working. She doesn't feel recognized. She doesn't feel appreciated. And when she finally jumps in the ring with Matt, she says something along the lines of, "You, I'm right here. You have to face me now. You can't ignore me anymore. Like that's a, that was a very 
powerful moment for her character and one that really takes the viewer takes pause and viewer takes notice and wow good for her for finally just putting it out there this thing that's been eating eating away at her i like one of the lines after that when matt and kelly are talking he says i just called the boys how are they they're fine i told them that mommy beat the crap out of me today the boys said what else is new (laughs) (laughs) well that's uh, one of the things that i enjoyed about this movie is because i i think so many times so many times when we're watching a movie, I think we are expecting, we're looking for the tension, we're looking for the twist, we're looking for the drama. And not to say that this movie didn't have drama, because it certainly did. But I think one of the nice things about this movie is I think I pretty much knew everything that was going to happen. It was just one of those nice movies, and, and it didn't bother me. Like, I didn't, there are some times where I was like, oh, well, that whole thing was entirely predictable. And I, I don't want to say that this one was predictable, but I think that I think that going into this movie and kind of getting the general vibe and feel of this movie towards the beginning, I was kind of like, you know what, I, I know how the rest of the movie is going to go, and that makes me feel comfortable. Like, I feel at ease because I kind of feel like I, I know how this is going to go. There are I'm, Certainly there are going to be little things in between, like working out their differences in the boxing ring, things like that. But I think once once you kind of know where everything is going, like one of these people is going to take over this camp. Everything is going to be fine. It's all going to be good. And I, I can't say that there were too many surprises in the movie. And typically I would, I would have that be a knock against a movie that there weren't too many surprises. I don't feel like it was a knock against this one. This one I think just felt, you felt warm and comfortable watching this movie. It has an authenticity to it. Yeah. And I think if you tried to put in too many surprises, it'd almost be jumping the shark. Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to appreciate the the story that gets told and the the lives of these characters. Yeah. I mean, how many of us haven't ever struggled with the idea that, I don't know if it's midlife crisis or the idea, though, of like, we're adults. We're, grow- we're, we're growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at... Um, I struggle with that every day. But, I mean, you look at the character of Brad, right? Yeah. Captain Pollock's character. He's like, wow, everything's so small. It's so tiny, 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 tiny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't remember it being this small. Yeah. It used to be big, but now it's small. Like this idea that you get the sense he's really struggling with the idea that he has grown up and mm-hmm. has to be an adult and face a very adult decision in that his business with Matt is not working out, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think his focus on the fact that he, he knows that the camp didn't get smaller. Mm-hmm. He knows that the lake didn't get smaller. He knows that the cabins didn't get smaller. He knows that the dam didn't get smaller, but I think he's clinging on to this because he doesn't quite know how to say, I need to be a grown up. I need to be an adult. And then when, what's her name? Jennifer calls him out on it. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> like, I feel like that that scene made her character worthwhile. I struggled with her character in this movie for a lot of it. Mm. So I was like, I, I don't quite know what your character is here for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. She felt very out of place. The fact that she was so willingly either leading Matt on or allowing Matt to lead her on. Yeah. Knowing that his wife is supposedly her friend. Mm -hmm. 
they're sharing a cabin. Like, I, I struggled with her character, but I do like the moment when, when she finally calls Brad out on it. Like, it didn't get smaller. You got bigger. We all got bigger. Our lives got bigger. Yeah. I feel like that was an important moment for uh, for Brad and for her, for her own character's frustrations with life and where how she's ended up single and... I don't think, I don't get the sense that was a life that she envisioned for herself. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm mean, really wonderful performance from, from everybody. I really, I really like Diane Lane's performance as Beth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think she did a, a tremendous job. And Sam Raimi. Yeah. I mean, God, he was hilarious. He was so fun. Like every time he was on the screen, he was just yeah. The, the was, stuff with the luggage at the beginning. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, it, was it was comedic gold. Oh my god! A lot of it was just in a certain look he would give or a certain facial expression mm-hmm. that he would give, and it just it it would say so much without having to say anything. Yeah. Why is everything wet? <laughs> I couldn't help but think about Christmas vacation. Why is the carpet wet? Todd, I don't know, Margo. No, Margo, <laughs> I, you, you'll appreciate Bo. I know you'll appreciate this because you know Nora. Mm. There was a time not that long ago when either we had what was it? It was either we had come back from going to the beach, or she had had her backpack with her, and she had a bottle of water, and I guess it must have leaked out in there. And I remember I picked it up, and I said, <laughs> "It's like." Why is your backpack wet, Nora? She goes, I don't know, Margo. <laughs> <laughs> She's got like, a quick wit, that one. Like, oh, <laughs> I did it right with one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you, if you bat 500, that's not bad. I was just going to say, 50 50's <laughs> not bad, brother. <laughs> having, only, having only seen this movie once, what see what stands out to you like now when you think back on this movie what what do you remember about it? or what was something you're like wow i really like the way they did that or that character or that moment all this stuff with uncle lou where he's talking about what the camp meant to him the <laughs> the times when he would just he would do that thing that parents do as they get older or even more uncles, Uncle Lou, where they admit to the kids that I know what you people do. I let you get away with what I feel like I can let you get away with. And then I come find you like Mm -hmm. just that's those interactions were good. The one where he stumbled upon them in the, in the, in the fish killing, like telling that story. Like that's just perfect. Like I'm going to tell this horrible story to stop what I might've just walked in on because I can do that. You're sure I'm not interrupting anything. Right. (laughs) And then I would be remiss if I didn't mention the canoeing. But that's just me. Yeah. John, how about you? I like canoes. Yeah, I would say some of the other things. I mean, the the Uncle Lou stuff with Alan Arkin. I did, and I want to make sure I caught this right. 
did did two of the campers find out that when he was like, I don't know how he remembered like all of our special secret names and everything. Didn't he find out that they all had the exact same secret name? All get yeah. the same yeah, yeah. secret Indian name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would give everyone the same secret name and somehow yeah. swear them to secrecy in a way that right. they would never talk about with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that moment. I, I pretty it was much a great reveal. Yeah. A great reveal of that. Yeah. No, I, I pretty much was going to echo exactly what Bo said. Every, nearly every moment with Alan Arkin, just kind of the way he interacts with everybody. He's still, like you said, he's still talking to them as if they were campers and as if they were the same age that they were when they came. But he's also pulling back the curtain a little bit now that they're adults. And he's he's doing that thing of, okay, well, here's, yes, here's how I used to handle everything with you guys. But let me let me let you in on a little secret. Yeah, this is this is how I did that. Yeah, I, I thought all the moments with him were a lot of fun. I thought some of the different prank moments were kind of fun when they kept trying to, to pull one over on on Kevin Pollock and yeah. and yet his was still the best. His was still the best at the end. I mean, that was yeah. just awesome because I didn't see it coming. Right, like he set it up mm-hmm. really well. Yeah, and then you watch it and you're like, oh, that's good. King King, yeah. King of the Shreks. Did I miss why they're called Shreks? There's no, there was no explanation. Yeah. Okay, good. At least as long as I didn't miss it, yeah. I feel better about myself. Just the no. fact that a Shrek is a, a camp prank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm glad, okay, so little things. Like, they didn't spend, they didn't spend a lot of time showing how they got back to camp after his little prank. Right. They just got back to camp. Like, they implied yeah, I mean, that they, they swam, you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. It didn't matter. Like yeah, it wasn't important. something right. Exactly. Not essential. Well, they all took a swimming test. So we know they can swim. <laughs> but, but again, I think that shows that Brad is finally letting go. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not about how the camp is just so small and the world is so small now. Like he's passed. He, he's recognized that he's grown, but just because he's grown doesn't mean he has to give it all up. Yeah. And he's no longer the one being shrek He's the one that's doing the ultimate Shrek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like he needed that reality check from, from Jennifer to be able to do that. Yeah. I like this movie. Yeah. Again, the, the cast is, is fantastic. Alan Arkin puts in one hell of a, a performance as, oh, yeah. as uncle Lou, which is, and he's just, he's the guy that seems to know what to say how to say it and when to say it. Yeah. You know, when that scene, when Kelly and Matt are, are boxing, mm-hmm. you know, and she just kind of hauls off on Matt and she just goes and she kind of collapses. I don't know if you guys saw it, but she just collapses into uncle Lou mm-hmm. and he just gives her a hug and holds on to her for a little bit. Yeah. You know, like he, he's, he's this, this wise old man, you know, he's tried to impart his knowledge on kids for generations. Mm-hmm. And and he knows what each person needs. Yeah. And the fact that he, I, I really liked the story between him and him and Jack. Yeah. And you really, how that really evolves and unfolds throughout the movie. Right. You know that Jack got kicked out of camp. You don't know why until later in the movie, but you see him as an adult and he's going around and he's digging holes and you're like, what's he even, what, what is this all about? 
And you find out later why he's digging and what he's hoping to accomplish. And when he's able to return that trophy back to Uncle Lou, I love the fact that there was no big scene about, oh, thank you for the trophy. I'm so glad you have it back, blah, blah, blah. Like it was all just, it was, it was implied. It was all understood. He knows he was wrong. Jack knows he was wrong for stealing the trophy and mm-hmm. did the right thing by returning it. Like, I, I don't know. The performances are just, they're very real. They're very authentic. Yeah. Nothing's over the top. Right. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's a, it's a movie that when you're done watching it, you just feel good. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not perfect, but like their lives aren't perfect. Right. But their lives are better. Yeah. At least for a little bit, their lives are going to be better. Yeah. Than when they first arrived at that camp. Yeah. Well, and I think you can tell too that everybody making this movie, cast, director, you can kind of tell that they really love the subject matter of this movie. Like you can tell they're invested in it. You can tell, you can tell this is a love letter to this summer camp. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. As you mentioned, it was such an important place for a number of the creatives. Yeah. All right. Uh, you guys have anything else you want to add before we jump into three questions? I have a question for you guys. Yeah, go for it. And I don't think it was one of the three questions, so I'm going to ask it. Okay. Where would you, where's one place you would want to go back to? If you needed to reset, where's some place that you would go back to? For them, it ended up being this camp. Do you guys, do you guys have a place that you, that you feel you can escape to, to do a reset? Someplace maybe that was important to you growing up. You know, I I don't know. I don't know that I would say I have a specific place. And maybe some of that is due to moving around a lot as a kid. You know, I, I could look at that and go, oh, well, I, I love the city of Austin. Like I, I'd go back to Austin, Texas, walk around. I do stuff like that. But, or I have some favorite spots that are there or, places like that but I think I think for me it's just more of a if I need to reset I just need to go somewhere else for a small amount of time like I it doesn't I don't even know that it needs to be anywhere specific like there are times I remember when I was in college and I had a car on campus there were times if I was getting stressed out that I would just, and this was before was before we had the phones with all the GPS on it and everything else, I would just get in my car and I would just start driving in one particular direction until I was fairly lost. And then I'd be like, all right, well, I'll just I'll stay here for a bit and then I'll try to kind of find my way back. So I think just the act of getting away itself is part of it. And I don't know mm-hmm. that I don't know that there's a specific place that I would say. I don't know. What about well, you, Bo? Yeah, I would probably say the same thing. If there's a place, my uncle has a place in Colorado that I think would would do that for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's definitely more of just a getting away from the normal, you know? Mm-hmm. Spend a week not doing the same things you do every day. Yeah. Good. I was just curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, do you, Jeff? I don't... I don't know. Like I, I, I didn't go to camp as a kid. 
right? So I didn't, I don't have that experience of always going someplace every year. There are, I'm now as an adult, there are places that I like to go. I don't know that they're, I don't, not because I have nostalgic memories about going to, to different places, mm-hmm. but I know that like anytime that I can go somewhere where I can just slow down and catch my breath. You know, earlier this summer, I took a, I took a trip up to Door County mm-hmm. by myself Yeah, and just kind of got to work on my own schedule, my own pace, beholden to no one, you know, so that's the, that's type of opportunity, I guess, that I seek, but it doesn't have to be Door County. Mm, I yeah. think it's more just the opportunity to, to get away and disconnect from everything else for a while to reset, you know, and I mean, for our cast of characters in this movie, it was, it was going to this camp because this camp holds very, they have very fond memories of their time there. But I think for me, it's, it's, if I can find a place where I can get to where I can turn off the rest of the world for a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. If, if I've got two hours to unwind, I'll go to the closest movie theater. Other than that, I got to just anywhere where I can get away. But see, I can't do that because I know that those two hours are going to end. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's such a finite amount of time that I really struggle with unwinding Mm -hmm. during those, during that, that time, because I know it's, it's such a small amount. So I start to think, well, what should I do to unwind? How do I want to spend these two hours? If I only have these two hours, what do I want want to just sit and go somewhere and watch a movie? Or is there things that I should be doing for myself or things that I need to do around the house or like, I, I genuinely need a couple of days Mm -hmm. Because I have to, I need time to turn my brain off. Yeah. To stop going through all those questions in my head all the time. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. So I, that, that, that's my struggle with that. Yeah. I, I love the fact that every now and again, I do get a chunk of time during the day, but mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to be able to unwind and relax yeah. because in the back of my mind, I'm going, it's only three hours though. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's almost like when you have to try to force yourself to go to sleep, mm-hmm. like it's, it's the worst thing you can try to do. Yeah. I, I can't force myself to relax. I genuinely need a chunk of time just to get my brain to, to stop and slow down. It's like when one of the kids says, I can't sleep. Oh, sure. You can. I've seen you do it. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not trying. Yeah. Try harder. Go to sleep. Go to sleep now. <laughs> Go sleep. It's time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. The three questions for this time around. And I I believe we have a pat. 
I think Pat, were you, were you able to join in there? Yeah, I was able. There you I, are. Uh, heard, Pat. Hey, fellas. I heard the end of the, I heard the end of kind of talking. I, I don't know what the question was, but you were kind of like talking about the place that you get away or some, some deal like that. So I kind of heard. Yeah, Pat, do you have a place like that? If, uh, if, yes. if, if, if the idea that, that this group was able to go back to this camp because this mm-hmm. camp represented the time when they, they, their worries were gone, right? They didn't feel the pressures right. of life. Mm-hmm. You have a place that you go to when you need that moment or. Yeah. It's like the lake. And if the lake isn't available, the river, and if not the river, then the ocean, any body of water or like, the woods like i'd say yeah like the woods and if it's a woods by the lake then that's like the perfect spot but but that's real that's kind of like my that's kind of like my place where it's just real easy to just like mentally like you know mm-hmm. unplug type thing so i'd say i'd say that i'd say that oddly enough i i'll amend my answer just a little bit in this this might sound a little strange because it, I think it runs counterintuitive to the idea. There are mm-hmm. times where if I, as long as I'm by myself, mm-hmm. I can kind of get that feeling of rest and recharging and just kind of you know, getting that same sense that we're talking about. If I mm-hmm. am downtown in, in the middle of a city, if I'm walking around by myself, if I don't have the rest of my family, and I don't have to worry about anybody else. I don't have to worry about, you know, a kid getting walk, uh, walking off this way or somebody getting lost or where we got to go next. Or if it's just me, if it's just me and I'm just walking around downtown Chicago or downtown wherever, doesn't even really matter. Like uh, that to me is actually very calming. Like I just enjoy the fact that I get to have this time to myself. I can just walk around the city, do whatever I want. I'm not beholden to anybody for this stretch of time, you know, even mm-hmm. in the heart of a busy city, I, I can still get that sense. So it doesn't have to be, it, I, I can still do it by a right. lake or in the woods or wherever, but I can get the same feeling even in a city. I think it's just the, the fact of being by myself and getting to do that by myself. Right. You know, and, and uh, my gosh, I don't want to prolong the discussion, but that kind of brought me into a couple of reactions I had with the movie and, I can't wait to listen and hear what you guys said and feelings. And Jeff, this, it kind of sounds like in the lead up, this was one that you like a lot. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't wait to listen, but I've, I've, it's funny. I got a couple of thoughts. Should I throw them now? Or do you yeah. want me to do the love line? No, no, go ahead. Do, so, it, now. do it now, man. So, so two reactions I had to this movie and, and, and unless I'm wrong, that Alan Arkin character was just awesome. You're not wrong. What, what a cool, what a, what a cool guy he was right down to, just every, just, just how he always knew, but it was his little tricks. And then when the, the couple, they were going to, the one was going to like cheat on her husband or, or cheat on his wife. Mm-hmm. With the, and then suddenly he walked in and busted him as if they were like third. I mean, it was just classic, but it's funny. Cause I had two little reactions and it's kind of tied off of what you said. The one thing that just absolutely like, I felt my pulse go up. I felt like just got nervous was when he pulled out the whole schedule thing and was like, okay, we're doing this now. We're doing this now. We're doing this. You got to be here for this. And I remember as a kid, that would make me like, I'm not going to rest the day away. I'm not going to sleep the day away. I'll be up before the sun comes up. Like I'll be, but as soon as someone like applies a schedule, 
I just, I get like, like the anxiety thing. So it's funny, John, because that was exactly it. Like, I'm like, ah, the lake, the woods, the trail, the blah, 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 blah. But when he was like trying to put them on the schedule, I was getting very nervous watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Contrasted with when he tried to get him to sit down and just watch the moose. I was like, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Like, like I like that was it. And when they all walked away and didn't get it, I'm like, guys, what really as adults, like, and he, he had that throwaway line that was that, well, not throwaway, but it was that funny line where he was just like, I don't know why the heck you come up through the woods and then just spend your time just listening to that music and all that kind of stuff. And he made that talk about the, them listening to their headsets. And it's just funny how kids don't change because like we say that now about, well, you're wasting your time on your electronic device. But when this movie came out, we were like, we were the kids, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's funny because I was going to kind of push back and say, now, I kind of feel differently about music. Like I think you're putting headphones on, listening to music. Like I think that can enhance, like I'm obviously, I love the whole music thing, but it was almost like the reverse. Like give me my, give me my headset. Let me go out into the woods, just enjoy nature with a little soundtrack going on. I'm nice and chill, but start coming out with the schedule and being like, okay, we're doing this at eight o'clock and where are you going? You're not, you're, you're late for this. You got to do, you got to be on time. You got to, I just get like, oof. so like I said, it was, I, I love the whole movie and, and I, but it's funny because those two things kind of just, I had like definite reaction to watching. And this is the first time I've even like heard of this movie, but it was tied into your statement, John, about how you're like, man, I can relax in the middle of the city surrounded by people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a mindset, right? So anyways, I just wanted to throw that thought in there. So you'd never seen this b- before, Pat? Never even heard of it. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just I'm shocked because because same thing with with John and Bo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really in the minority here because I don't think Dennis had ever heard of it or seen it. Had he not? Okay. Either. Yeah, I was I was so, surprised when Jason suggested this one because I was like, I never I've never even heard of Indian Summer. And what a great title! Yeah. For it because it's like, isn't the Indian Summer like the one that when you get that last gasp of summer before fall hits? Isn't yeah. that the old saying? Yeah. Which is just like the, I, the whole thing. It was just, a, it was just a beautiful story. It was great. Yeah. And I, like I said, I cannot wait to listen, Jeff, because it sounded like just in the text. I'm like, oh man, Jeff really likes this one. I've never even heard of this. So yeah, it was, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, like I was saying to the guys, it's just, it's, it's simplistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's no overthinking going on. It's, it's accessible. It's approachable. It's authentic. You know, they're not putting in too many over-dramatized moments for the sake of adding drama. It's, you could see these lives happening to either yourself or people, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you liked it as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. So for our three questions and, and Pat, now that you're here, feel free to jump in on the three questions as well. And Jeff, you said you got Jason Colvin's answers to the three questions. Yeah, so he and I were texting about this movie while I was doing my rewatch, and he told me that he wasn't going to be able to join us. So I said, "Well, I'll for sure, get you the the three questions. You yeah. can let me know, and I'll I'll share them on the air." So awesome. I've got his answers in front of me here. Okay, okay, great. All right. Well, question number one: What is your favorite summer camp activity? Even if you didn't go to summer camp, what is your favorite activity that would typically take place at a summer camp? I don't know. Mm. Like I wasn't, I would like I said earlier, I like I wasn't a summer camp kid. Yeah, 
like I know I went to camp programs, but like never, never went to a sleepaway camp. Never anything is, never anything like what what these guys in the movie were doing. You know, my summer was waking up when the sun came up and knocking on the neighbor's door and all of us jumping on our bikes and going out for the day somewhere in the neighborhood and coming home when the streetlights came on. Yeah. Like that was, that's what summer was for me. So I don't really have an answer for favorite activity. Yeah. I, my answer for this, I, my initial answer was going to be something like the times that I got to do it in gym class or things like that. I, I think I would have said archery or something like that. Cause I always thought that was kind of fun. But I think I'm going to go with the answer. My wife and I have kind of been talking about this lately. I would not have chosen this as a kid because as a kid, I couldn't swim. And I was actually terrified of any kind of deep water anywhere. But we were actually just talking about this the other day. And, and my wife said, the one thing that I've never really done that I would love to do sometime is go kayaking. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Actually, that sounds very peaceful. So I'm going to put that one down. And at some point, we're going to find a time to do that soon because... We both were kind of like, yeah, actually, I would love to do that. So I'm going to pick that one, kayaking, even though I've never done it before. Mm. All right. And I, I'm, I'm a, I can swim. I'm more buoyant than a swimmer. So <laughs> I know I'll float, but only doggy paddle. I think, yeah, swimming at the pool if there was one, but also like, just boats in general. I, I kayaks can concern me from a tipping perspective, but I did like the yeah. rowboats. Like you could just go out there and a little bit of physical activity, a little bit of enjoying the water. It's all sort of, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I, I enjoyed it enough at camp that I would do it at the local lake here back when I was younger. Now I think I'd get 10 feet and I'd be sucking wind, but that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) I I should clarify whenever we do go kayaking, I need to find out if they have plus size kayaks. (laughs) That will be, that'll be the one thing. Cause the whole idea of tipping over is I'm not a huge fan of that either, but yeah. Patrick, what about you? What would your activity be? Well, you guys kind of, you guys kind of, you guys kind of said it. I, anything by the water. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, like anytime you get to go swim in the lake was great. Anytime you get to do the boat stuff, anytime you get to do the boat stuff was great. Like uh, canoeing, kayaking, rowboat. And when we had to pass our qualifications on that, one of the things we had to do was swamp the canoes and swamp the boats and then still paddle them in. And that was pretty fun because, you know, the, the canoe yeah. is like completely underwater. That was a good yeah. time. And then uh, a couple times you'd go, and uh, like if the camp had, you could get in, you could water ski. And that was the rarity, right? As if they actually had a boat that you yeah. could ski behind. And that was, and that was awesome. And my family, we'd always, that was kind of the summer vacation was to go. And on some of the family vacations, we'd be up in a cabin. And I, it was like, I don't think I ever took off my swimsuit, right? Like you just wore your swimsuit for like the week and a half or whatever. And you just shower with your swimsuit and then go right back in the lake and you dry out and that's what you'd sleep in and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah, those were those were pretty good times. Those were pretty good times. So I think that would that definitely definitely the water being by the water that was that was awesome. No, I'm going to amend my answer and say a mild nature hike. 
Like I'm not, I wouldn't be one for like, you know, climbing huge boulders or scaling the sides of cliffs or anything, but like a good path where I might see some wildlife along the way and I can stop and pause and watch the moose for as long as I want. Like that that would be the activity I'd want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That scene, that's, I'm sorry, I just interrupted you, Jeff, but oh, yeah, God. watching the moose, that scene was awesome. And I was like, I was right there with them. And then when they all got up and left, I was like, really? Really? Like, you're all leaving? Like, what? What the what? That was an awesome scene. One, one of my favorite activities to do now as an adult is go to the zoo. Mm-hmm. And at, at Brookfield, they have the Okapi enclosure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they've got some benches right along the fence line there. And I can just sit there and just watch the Okapi for a long time. Yeah. So I have Jason's answer for question one. And he said, well, first he wants, we should point out that this is one of his top five from 1993. Okay. Jason loves this movie. Cool. So his answer for favorite summer camp activity says my personal favorite summer camp activity was showing off by doing flips and can openers off the high board at the pool and knowing Jason, I'm sure there would be, there may or may not have been the, the eye of some young lady or two that he was trying to get the attention of (laughs) at the time. Nice. All right. Question number two, what is your favorite Alan Arkin role? Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's an easy answer for me. I, I got to go PV from the Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm going to daily double John on that one. Are you going to? Okay. Yeah. What do you know about women, Peeve? You haven't been on a date since 1932. Flora Maxwell. Wasn't any point dating nobody after her. Yeah, I love yeah. her. I love PV. PV's, yeah, PV's pretty awesome. He's pretty awesome. I, what else has Alan Arkin been in? He's been in a lot. Edward Scissorhands, 13 Conversations About One Thing, which might be the one I would pick. Mm. Okay. He's, yeah, he's just, he's in so he's many in things that it's Sunshine. Hard. Yeah. Argo, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Argo was good. So my Gross yeah. Point Blank, he was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's my runner up is Gross Point Blank. Okay. It's a small part, but he is, mm-hmm. he's, he's really funny in gross point blank. Have you guys seen that one? Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, it's been a long time. Yeah. Love I that movie. Can't even tell you why I love that movie so much. I just do. <laughs> Great soundtrack. Yeah. Fantastic soundtrack. But yeah, he's, I, I enjoy him in Rocketeer as well, but I think I my favorite Alan Arkin role is gonna be Indian Summer. Okay. Yeah. You know, and Jason Jason share this answer. Okay. You know, it's there's something about Lou, the character of Uncle Lou, who just as Jason puts it, he's the mentor everyone needs in their life. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 knows what people need to hear, how they need to hear it, and when they need to hear it. And it's very rare to find somebody in your life that can, that can read the room the way he does mm-hmm. and know it, just how to handle it. So, yeah. So Jason and I both agree that 
Indian summer is going to be the, the top choice there. Nice one. All right. And finally, question number three, have you ever played a great prank on someone or let me amend this. Have you ever played a great prank on someone or has anyone ever played a great prank on you? For my 30. Fifth birthday, maybe everybody at work filled my office with balloons. Oh yeah. I remember that. Like filled it with balloons. It took me the rest of the school year to get all the balloon pieces out of my office. Nice. I mean, I've tried to play some different pranks here and there over the years, but I still think the best one was played on me. It was, and I've mentioned, I think I've mentioned this one on the show before, all the way back when we talked about this movie several years ago now, after we had watched Invaders from Mars. And if you guys recall that movie, as the people in the movie were replaced by Martians, they would come back, they'd walk over the hill, they'd disappear. And they'd come back and, and like the little kid in the movie, his mom and dad came back from going over the hill and they were back the next morning, but they had band-aids on the back of their necks because they had been injected with whatever the needles were that the Martians got them with. And, and they didn't quite, they didn't quite know how to act like real humans. And so after we had watched that movie, when I was a little kid, woke up the next morning and my mom had gotten up a little bit earlier because there's a scene in the movie where the mother comes back and she's got the Band-Aid on the back of her neck and she's got a bunch of like raw meat sitting on the kitchen counter and she's just eating the raw meat and she's burned the toast and she's burned the bacon and burned everything else because she doesn't know how to cook it because she's a Martian. The next day after watching that movie when I was a kid, my mom did exactly that. She, she stuck a Band-Aid on the back of her neck she burned the toast, burned the bacon. She had like a slab of like raw hamburger meat sitting on the counter. And I remember waking up in the morning and she just kind of like turned and looked at me and good morning, John. Did you sleep well? I was like, what? <laughs> and I was probably like, I don't know, eight years old at the time. So, I mean, it was enough to freak, it, freak out a little eight-year-old. So that is not a prank that I played, but one that was pranked on me. But it was it was a pretty good one. And it was, pretty it sounds sweet. like it was well done. Yes. That's pretty sweet. Pat, Jeff, you guys got anything? I had... Growing up, the the woman across the street from us, who was like, ended up being like an adoptive grandmother for us, her grandkids lived far away. Yeah. So she became a member of our family. But her birthday was April Fool's Day. Oh, nice. So there was one year when... I had the grand idea to make her a cake out of cardboard. And I set it all up. Somewhere I have a picture of it too. I put little candy letters on there, happy birthday, and stuck candles in it and carried it over to her house and set it on her table. And she got out the knife and went to go cut a slice. And what what's going on here? Like, ah, April Fools. It's cardboard. <laughs> so that, that that's a, a very fond memory that I have of one prank that I pulled. I'm sure I've been the victim of many, many pranks, especially for a while working in our building when there were a number of teachers who oh, yeah. really, really enjoyed playing pranks on each other. Mm-hmm. Nothing comes to mind, but I know I've, I'm sure I've been the the victim of something somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, making the cardboard cake was a, was a pretty good one. Patrick, any pranks? Well, that... They were pretty big in my mom's family. 
My mom's favorite holiday, I think, was April Fool's Day. You just have to watch the phone calls because, and they were good. Like, you'd be like, okay, this is April Fool's Day. But then, yeah, my brother get us going and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and, you know, to be, get a phone call from the police chief in whatever town he was going to college in. And, yeah, your brother has been arrested. If you could, when he, they'd have us going and it was just like, oh, man, then you hear everyone laughing and, you know, that stuff would get out of hand. And then, and then, you know, it would be, it would be those types of gags, but growing up, things got pretty crazy, pretty crazy in my mom's family. And, and if the gags like trying to fool you with the crank phone calls didn't work, then any sort of thing would happen. And I mean, we're talking like eggs coming at you in the shower, buckets of cold water coming at you in the shower, firecrackers under your bed. It, you know, that stuff got pretty, that stuff got pretty crazy. You know, I think I'm trying to think of like pranks in college. I mean, the biggest thing pranks in college, it'd be like, I think there was a guy that I went to school with. He lived across the street and he was shooting Roman candles at me from across the street one time. Like I just hear, or, or bottle rockets and I'd hear the, the wine and the pop. And then all of a sudden I realized he was lining up. So I had to dive for cover because they were coming at us. And I don't know if that's a prank as much as just outright aggression, but, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing. So I'm trying to think if I ever played one. That's just kind of how it was growing up. You know, someone would call someone and just try and get them going with the phone. And then if that failed, then it was, like I said, the bucket of cold water, egg in the shower, you know, or something, something like that. We did, I guess it was an impromptu April Fool's Day. My folks were out of town on the 4th of July. And I think we went over my sister was staying at the house because they were still like in college. And so she was back up from college or whatever the heck it was. But the 4th of July, that's summer. I don't know. That's not making much sense. Anyways, the point is we had a bunch of firecrackers one time. My folks weren't home. And so they had one of those mobile fire pits and we just threw the firecrackers in there to put them off just so that it was all contained. And we thought we'd cleaned it up. And then like months later, my folks went out to like go make a fire and just kind of have a fire pit in the backyard. And there were still some, firecrackers that hadn't cooked off yet and so they started the fire and then all of a sudden it started popping and you know they got a little that was kind of a surprise for them so yeah i guess those I, I guess that's all i got there's i i'm sorry i don't have a real good like whopper of a of a prank story i've got jason's answer yeah over i was here. gonna ask you what's jason's he said we love putting crumpled up pop tarts in somebody's sleeping bag because the crumbs stick to their body. Oh, nice. I just like add visions of like, yeah, that's exactly how that would work. (laughs) Anytime that I've had Pop-Tarts, I know how how messy that can get, especially God watching my kids eat Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Pop-Tarts. That stuff will stick You do get a complete new appreciation for how messy something can be. Oh, yes. When you watch kids eat, you're like, wow, I'm... Both shocked and impressed all at the same time. <laughs> and disgusted. <laughs> Usually disgusted. Get that, yes. Mm-hmm. Disgusted definitely no. plays a role. Just, just put down a tarp. It's okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you again so much, Jason, for suggesting this movie for us. You know, so as, as you heard here during this episode, you introduced this movie to at least three new people. And I, all three of us really, really enjoyed this movie. It's a great movie. If you have not caught it, make sure that you go watch it. It is so much fun. Such great performances. And I think, Bo, I think you you said it. It's Or no, Jason said it in his voicemail. Like, you're, you're hitting a lot of 
some of these folks before they became a little bit bigger, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of their acting careers. So, yeah, it's it's just it's a fun movie. So, make sure that you go to our website, 30podcast.com. You can find all of our old episodes there. You can get some more information on the 500th episode and how you can contribute to that and participate. But you can find all of our other stuff there at 30podcast.com. Over the course of the next, we're, we're just about done with the month of August here. So the month of August has been our Family and Relationships Month. Our regular episodes were My Life, Into the West, The Good Son, Indian Summer, and the next week we've got Adam's Family Values. And our Patreon episodes, if you're joining us over there on Patreon, you get exclusive access to bonus episodes. Our two little Patreon short episodes that are over there are Super Mario Brothers from 1993 and Night of the Sharks from 1988. Our full-length Patreon episode is Krull from 1983. September, coming up next month, is our Secrets Month. Our regular episodes for September are Rising Sun, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Schindler's List. And then our, I know. That's, <laughs> like, I'm like... I, I love the movie Schindler's List, but I'm like I'm having to like psych myself up for watching it. Especially when you pair it up in the same month as Mrs. Doubtfire. Well, I was actually I was thinking I was like, hey, maybe we should just record those in the same night. Oh God! <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> oh, I thought of my prank. Every boss that I've had, except for my first one, okay, who is like my mentor and I respected him and. And which I respect the boss now, but like, (laughs) you see how he backpedals. I, I I didn't, I didn't, I didn't haste it. However, every boss gets hazed in some way, shape or form. Uh And it just so happens that our, our current boss who had just started Uh right during the pandemic and everything, and Uh was going through all the standardized testing information for, okay, well, it's this, it's that, it's the other thing. And I, I believe we were still on zoom and I, I didn't see the reason that Zoom or pandemic should cause a stop of the hazing of the new boss. I realized those things should all happen. And this this goes to fine arts coordinators at Vernon Hills High School. This goes to administrator. So our administrator was going through the testing, going through that. And again, this was like her first year. And uh, she was in the in kind of the in charger position. And so I just like unmuted and said, hey, this is great. So when does testing start next month? However, testing was like the next day and it was, Pat, this is blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, and then of course you, it's the easy thing. You just call that map testing, the IAR test or something like that. And then it's like, no, it's map test. I said, oh, so we're starting this tomorrow. Do we just find out our proctor assignments when we log in in the morning? How does this? And it was, Pat, if you remember, there has been frequent communication and there's an email. I will make sure you have. Well, there was also some upper administration on this Zoom call as well, who then followed up with our administrator saying, are all your teachers aware of this testing? Have you been communicating effectively? (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden we get off the Zoom call and my cell phone just explodes. It's like, Pat, please tell me you guys. And so I can't stop laughing enough to tell the boss, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just every new person gets hazed. I'm really sorry. (laughs) And then I was able to do it a few more times. And now in meetings, whenever it comes to testing, she'll like outright say, and I'm not answering any of your questions, Pat, because I know, like, <laughs> because I got her so good. What I didn't know was that the district office was contacting her to make sure that every teacher was informed <laughs> and explaining to her the importance of testing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, I kind of 
No, I didn't feel bad. It's just every everybody gets hazed. <laughs> I didn't feel bad. I, I told that's I've explained, you know. Well, and you know she's probably sitting in her office at some point with a little dry erase board right next to her desk, putting on her lipstick and marking <laughs> off names on her list, just like Billy Madison. That's right. That's right. Hey man, I know to not watch I know to wash my back when I walk in there. Everybody gets hazed. Everybody gets hazed. I I watch my back around you. I I figure I figure any one of you will try to come after me at some point. If you haven't already. <laughs> that involves running, so it does. Don't worry you about know, me. You know. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. No, no, because you'll shut down our internet. That's true. That's true. I, I do hold a, I do hold a modicum of power here and there. Okay, I will say it was pretty funny when I was cranking the new sound system in the band room, and Greenwald was upset that it was so loud that she called you and had you call me and say, "Pat, you're ticking the overflow." Bup, 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 bup. I, we've done a little bit of damage. Can are you playing music right now? <laughs> like, wait, what? You have, yeah, that was so. That was that was a pretty good one too. Yeah, that's okay. I just I, I went into the payroll system and made some changes after that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's I, right. I'm sure you haven't noticed, but yeah, tell us again about that trip you took. Which one? <laughs> I don't know. You got made some pay changes, and now you're you're taking trips. I don't yeah. know how. Oh yeah, that was that was mostly just to get away. <laughs> like like I said, sometimes I just need to get away. Doesn't matter where. So the month of September, oh, those, those are our movies, our lighthearted movies of Schindler's List, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And then our Patreon episodes are, the Patreon shorts are Scarface from 1983 and Somewhere Tomorrow from 1983. And then our full-length Patreon episode, because it is hitting its 40th anniversary this year, is Return of the Jedi. So, oh, jeez. Good luck keeping us to like under two hours on talking about that one. Yeah, that's like a week-long episode. Can I just ask now? Go. What are, what are like, for real, what are the people's problems with the Ewoks? I don't get it. I don't understand the problems with the Ewoks. Oh, problem. They're delicious. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Damn. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't mind Ewoks. They're fine. So you can listen to our, if you join us on Patreon and listen to our exclusive mm. Return of the Jedi episode, you can not only hear us talk about Ewoks, but we might get everybody singing the Yub Nub song by the end of it. Oh. Love me some Yub Nub. Yeah. Like old school Yub Nub, not the new stuff. Old school Yub Nub. Yeah, I, new, stuff's, new stuff's okay, but yeah. Need some Yub Nub. Yeah. Everybody needs, we a, little, should do, needs a little Yub Nub in should. their life. We should do a live watch along and reaction to Star. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we can do that. I'm, I'm sure there's a way to do that. We'll, we'll get that set up. Like the Oscars, John's playing us out now. Right, well, yeah. Well, that's because we have to go from a fun, to pull back the curtain a little bit. We have to go from a a fun camp movie to talking about psychotic children. Pretty much. There we go. Keep my kids out of this. I right, well, like I said, just put down a tarp. Whatever it is, it'll be okay. I don't know how to follow. Like that. it. Like, <laughs> I, don't to, I don't know what to say to that. I don't know. Put right. down a tarp, like lethal weapon two. Put down a tarp. Where, where are we going with this? Like American Psycho. <laughs> hey kids, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Are they psychos? <laughs> well, they're vampires. That's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you, gents, for being here. Thank you, Jason, for suggesting this one. All right, everybody. Yes, definitely a big thing. Yeah. Everybody be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time.